This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts from across the world about all the latest finance and market news. And today it is Jeff Halley, who is in Singapore. Good morning from London, Jeffrey. And good afternoon from Singapore. Plenty to talk about before we get to the business end of the week. What's happening in Asia-Pacific markets where you are today so far? Well, Wall Street had another um, small up day overnight, uh, almost so small that it was inconsequential. But that seems to be to have been enough to have got uh, Asian investors off the sidelines this, today. And we, we've seen most Asian markets uh, move uh, uh, modestly higher. There are a few exceptions in there. Uh, Taiwan, Jakarta are both up nearly 1% as is uh, Singapore. I, I can't see any particular reason why they've suddenly recovered other than that they've had a series of down days um, uh, over the past week or so. Uh, but Japan is almost flat. South Korea is small up. And, and China, China markets are both uh, uh, slightly higher as well, about 0.25%. And so, yeah, overall, it's been a positive day with no particular news. I think what for the viewers today they need to perhaps recognise is that it's the end of the quarter and the end of the month. And on this day, we normally get a lot of portfolio rebalancing flows from institutional investors globally. So you see some quite strange moves in equities. You see a lot of moves in currencies as well before four o'clock New York time. So I would take any big moves that you see in markets today with a grain of salt because they could be being driven by those rebalancing flows for the end of month and quarter. As it is the end of the quarter today, a, a quick overview from you, if you would, about the last three months. It's been a strange old time. You don't know where you are from one day to the next. Uh, it's been optimistic, pessimistic. We're sort of somewhere in the middle at the moment, I think. Uh, what's your view? Yeah, definitely, mate. I mean, we, we look at it, the big question on everybody's lips this uh, this quarter has been, is inflation transitory or is it sticky wage price spiral inflation? The honest answer is we still don't know. But I believe that the two back and forth in markets uh, is in no small uh, degree caused by that uncertainty. There's some very famous, well-known faces in the financial market sphere globally uh, talking about inflation, and they all have divergent views. So the smartest people in the room don't really have a clear idea either. But at the end of the day, when we look at equities, we're seeing record highs in the United States. That's been driven by their reopening uh, as their vaccination program goes ahead. Uh, equities are performing well in Europe. They've been a little bit sideways in Asia, to be honest, and I think that reflects the slow vaccination rollouts over here. And obviously, the escalation in that situation over the last two weeks has, uh, has dampened enthusiasm. Uh, but I, I believe that the, the global recovery still remains on track. I just don't think it is exuber as exuberant as it once was. It's perhaps more realistic. But the name of the game will be when will the Fed signal that they are going to start tapering quantitative easing. And that could be as soon as September. And that uncertainty you talk about, it is very much down to less exuberance about the recovery from COVID-19 because of all these variants we've had over the last few weeks. And, you know, with looking at the figures across Europe and where you are, 
it does seem to be getting a little bit worse. That is affecting sectors like travel and tourism again. It hasn't quite hit hospitality here as yet because hospitalizations are still remarkably low because we've had such a successful vaccination program. But as you said, markets are edgy at the moment because there is a tipping point, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. And I think when you look at particularly the US markets, we've seen a reversal out of this growth, i.e. the the companies that make up the Russell 2000 and the Dow back in favour of the S&P and the very tech heavy NASDAQ. So it's almost like a return to 2020 in a way that's their, their happy place in situations like this. So there are some doubts creeping in. As far as the recovery goes with COVID-19, I mean, it really depends where you are. I mean, yes, Europe, UK, the US are powering ahead. You've had great vaccination programs, but COVID-19 is still a very, very real problem in many, many parts of the world, including a lot of Asia, particularly Indonesia and Malaysia at the moment. So it's still with us. It's very easy to become a bit uh, tunnel visioned on the end of the, uh, at the light of the end of the tunnel with COVID-19 when you don't look at it in a global context. Jeff, let's have a look at some of the forthcoming numbers coming out. We've got purchasing managers index and non-farm payroll, of course, on Friday. We had a bit of UK GDP data as well. What sticks out for you? Non-farm payroll, I suppose. Yeah, it's the one ring that rules them all or the one ring to rule them all and all roads really do lead to it. The the purchasing manager indexes that will be released globally tomorrow for manufacturing will be very interesting because they will show the direction of travel for the global economy. Now, some of the data that came out from China, South Korea and Japan today show that those chip shortages and shipping disruptions are very much having an impact on some of the industrial production uh, data uh, and manufacturing data. Not enough to derail their recoveries, but it's definitely making itself felt. If that PMI data is soft across the world tomorrow, we may see those tapering fears ease off uh, temporarily, which would send US yields lower, send the US dollar lower, but it's probably actually bullish for equity markets. But the non-farm payrolls on Friday, we've had two months of disappointments, actually. The market built itself up to 1 million plus super rebounds in the US, and they've both been really quite damp squibs. The market's pricing at about 700,000 jobs to be added this time around. Uh, I think it'll be a very much a binary outcome here. If the number is well below 500,000, bond yields will fall, the dollar will fall, but perversely equities will rise. If that number comes in at a million jobs added, the opposite I feel is going to happen. The dollar will rally because tapering fears will increase and that will probably set up equity markets for a soft end to the week. Sterling is a bit wobbly at the moment, Jeff. Why is that? I think it's really down to these uh, COVID-19 concerns. Now, cases are rising very much in in the UK at the moment. I, I don't think it's about the government locking down the country again because as you said hospitalizations are very low I, I think it's more about a delayed full reopening to the economy so if the europeans ban british people from flying to the to the continent for their summer holidays and for business that's quite a big negative for many sectors of the uk economy um yeah and that potential for delaying or if the government itself delays that full reopening until they get on top of this delta variant despite the vaccinations, 
that's going to be a negative for the UK as well. And I think these concerns are what are weighing on sterling, which is actually quite vulnerable, I think. If it moves down through 138 to the dollar now, uh, we could see at least another two or 300 points lower uh, as, as that, um, that rally corrects that goes all the way back to March 2020 last year. So yeah, interesting times in the currency markets. The dollar is very strong and there's quite a few currencies now, Euro, Sterling, Aussie, Kiwi, Canada, and some of the regional Asian currencies are all looking just a little bit wobbly now. And that melees may deepen if there's a strong on farms on Friday afternoon. And what's happening with the oil price at the moment, Jeff? Well, we've got OPEC Plus meeting tomorrow to decide whether to increase production or not. The market seems to have priced in about a 500,000 barrel per day uh, increase in production. And we saw OPEC officials yesterday night suggesting that uh, oil demand would increase by up to 6 million barrels per day in the second half of the year. That was supportive of prices of oil, which had had a technical correction lower the day before. So oil itself is actually sitting not too far off its recent highs, to be honest. And although it may trade sideways into the OPEC meeting, unless OPEC give us a huge surprise by increasing by say a million or two million a day, I can't see really any reason uh, why oil prices, any dips, you know, the oil prices are a buy on, on dips and we're going to keep uh, trading higher. Of course, if OPEC do uh, signal that they're going to increase by much more than half a million barrels, there will likely be a knee-jerk reaction lower. Jeff Halley in Singapore, thanks very much for joining us this morning. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. The Oanda Podcast.